hello, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural Blow Off Valve podcast, a podcast for general automotive and motorsports news, as well as anything else car-related we might find interesting. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. Um, we're best friends in real life and, um, you know, basically love chatting about cars and nerding out whenever we can about them. So uh, this week, uh, since it's our first podcast, we thought we would uh, use it as an opportunity to kind of let you know where we're coming from, what our, uh, how we got into cars, uh, how we got influenced by them, um, and go from there. So, uh, Tucker, why don't you start us off? How did you first get into cars and kind of how did it ramp up to uh, the <laughs> lunacy it's reached now? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I think is you know we talked about this maybe a week ago or so. I've I've reflected a little bit on my history with cars and and what really you know brought my interest into as as you put it the lunacy that it's become today. <laughs> it but, builds. Yes, it does. And um, I don't know. You know, sometimes you you talk about things in terms of like a, a love at first sight. And for me, I don't know that I had that specific experience. I think it wasn't, you know, a particular car or a, or a particular situation. It was kind of a slow build. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of it probably comes back to my dad. And, you know, he was um, kind of a mover and a shaker with cars, always, you know, trying to get something interesting, trying to do <laughs> something. Kind of your dad in general. <laughs> yes, it, it is pretty much him in general. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember as a kid when I was out, we, I was born out in Denver, Colorado. But when we were out there, he, you know, it was interesting because I don't really know the full backstory on it or specifically what car it was, but it was something he called a car that came out of the gray market. And so I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was like directly imported from Germany or really what the story was behind it, but it was a blue Mercedes. um, (laughs) So it was probably not not particularly legally imported. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was his point. I don't think it had a lot of bells or whistles or a lot of uh, safety features, but (laughs) it, it was, I think for him, it was like the car that, that really showed like, Hey, I've made it. Right. And so he, which was the Mercedes for a lot of people, right? Right. And this would, this that, would that time. Yeah. Early eighties, maybe. Yeah. And when they, when they got the car, the, I think it was the dealership or they, they somehow found this little like silver Mercedes car for me, like a pedal car. Oh, and so cool. there, there's a picture. <laughs> I have to find it, but at some point where he's got his new car and I've got my car. And, mm-hmm. and if I think back to like a moment where it probably, you know, the, the wheels started turning, it was probably sometime around there. And I, yeah. I bet I was, you know, four or five years old at that point. Right. Right. Uh, do, do you have like a very impressionable, <laughs> do you have like a specific memory like that where you kind of remember something as a defining moment where you're like, Oh, these things are really cool. I think a lot of it for me was I kind of similar to you. It started with my dad, but it was a much more, um, he would take me to like, he would point out cars to me like, and he was all like old school muscle cars. So like yeah. when he was back in 
high school, he would, he basically street raced for money and that was how he paid his car insurance, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was a, like awesome and ironic. At the Amazingly same time. ironic. But so like he, he loved, he loved like, you know, he told me everything about 60s muscle cars, the modifications they used to do to him. Like his brother had like, had like a, I think it was a Chevelle, like a Chevy okay. Chevelle with a yeah. California high patrol engine in it. Uh, so it was like higher horsepower, higher top speed. Uh, so these are two guys from like rural Nebraska that are just doing dumb shit like that. <laughs> uh, and uh, so he got me into muscle cars and we'd go to car shows and stuff like that. Um, and it kind of evolved from there. So like, you know, when I got into my teens, you know, I still love muscle cars and I do to this day, but that I started kind of getting interested in like European and Japanese stuff. So like yeah. I was, you know, the E36 M3 was like my attainable oh, dream sure. car for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I started getting into, well, what can I actually afford? Like I'm, you know, I'm yeah. 15, 16, you know, is there a car I could get? You know, my first car was, you know, a Ford Explorer. So it wasn't exactly exciting, but yeah, was like, mine was a Pontiac Pontiac there. Mina, though. <laughs> yeah, not, also, not the most exciting. The exact opposite of exciting. <laughs> right, right. So, so I got, but I got into imports because I was like, oh, okay. like you can take these little, inexpensive economy cars honda civics um you know yeah acura integras you know etc um and you can you know build them up over time because it was like well i don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to spend but yeah, maybe i could yeah. one day get like a civic save up and buy like a turbo kit and then yeah, save up and buy some wheels you know yeah and do it piecemeal like that um so i started just reading everything I could. This was kind of like almost pre-internet. It was before we had a personal yeah. computer in our house. And so I was like buying super street magazine at oh, the yeah. store, import tuner, um, you know, any import magazine I could get my hands on, you know, and that coincided with like, you know, the video games too. Right. So, you know, I know you are like, we're both big Gran Turismo, like, heads yep um and so growing up playing you know you develop these like mythologies like the r34 gtr like all the tuning shops you know you want to yeah. read about signal auto and and june yeah. and all these famous japanese shops and i think yeah that was just a huge thing for me to that point you know i think that's kind of what starts it you know you think oh i can put you know a new suspension on this oh i could you know put a new exhaust on this right and it's it, much more palatable right? <laughs> yeah it's much more palatable to to start with a ten thousand dollar car and put twenty thousand yeah. dollars worth of stuff on it i think know, over I was, time i think i was actually playing gran turismo when um you know we talked about this story but i I do distinctly remember, okay, if there's like one car that I think did it for me in the past was mm -hmm. uh, I heard my parents were going out to this, you know, dealership to look at a new car. And I thought, you know, they, they hadn't always, you know, purchased the most um, exciting cars in the past, or at least, you know, like my mom right. tried to talk them out of a lot of that stuff. 
Right. Your mom was like the, the leveling force. Yeah, exactly. And I just remember, I think I was down playing Gran Turismo in the basement and my sister, maybe it was my sister came down and she's like, you got to come out and see this. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's interesting. Like what, what did they, what they bring home? And so yeah, I yeah. ran upstairs and I went out and it was a BMW X5. Yeah, the original. Exactly. And, and that me- is meaningless to so many of us now because it's 80s. I'm not used to seeing but it was that, pre- but it was still too. a novelty. So it was still like yeah, a new, exactly. new luxury SUV. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, silver wheels. It was like a light kind of a beige interior. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was it just blew people's minds. It was a BMW <laughs> that was an SUV. Right. And it and people were just like they were kind of used to the Mercedes, but it was a shocker to see a BMW. And I think that was like the first car I had ever been in yeah. that instantly like turned heads every time it went out. Cause it was like, whoa, that's a totally BMW different. SUV. <laughs> what? The designer for car. Okay. And he has super eclectic trees. So he designed for it was either the 599 or F12. Wow. But I mean, he, he has this amazing, this guy uh, is he awesome. actually has a, a YouTube channel that I would encourage anyone uh, listening to check out where he kind of r- describes his thought process when he was designing some of those cars. Um, it's really fascinating. But, but to your, to your point, like that, no one had seen something like the X5, like, yeah. you know, it was such a unique car at that time. And, and it was styled really, really well. Yeah. I mean, it looked like a BMW from a distance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even today when I, you know, see one of those from the, the back or the front, you know, yeah. we're talking like, uh, what would it be? Mid two thousands versions. Yeah. Like they look sharp. They, they yeah. still yeah. look really sharp. It's a good looking and, car. And yeah, like yeah. you said, they're very recognizable as, as a BMW, like that design language was very clear. Um, not so homogenous as it is now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I kind of had a, a similar story, you know, my dad, when I was probably 13 or so, got a, uh, an 87 Corvette. Oh and, yeah. And it was a piece of shit. Like <laughs> it was always in the shop. Uh, and he ended up selling it. But like when it was running, you felt like the fucking king of the world in that car. <laughs> uh, and, and like, he loved it. Like that was his dream yeah. car when he was a kid. Uh, and like that was when like my dad would be smiling and happy, like just out driving that car. It had T-tops. So oh, sweet. The, you could take the, the, the roof off and drive around. And, and, uh, I would sit in the back window. My sister would sit in the passenger seat, like, you know, and <laughs> it was, it was just, uh, I think that that was one of the things that really solidified, like my interest in cars was seeing, seeing a cool car up close like that, but also, you know, it was a way for my dad and I to bond. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that in sports. And so uh, it really kind of facilitated that like passion for it. Um, and then I just sought it out. Like, you know, I, we, we used to go to dealerships in town and test drive cars for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, doing that with my dad, like we would, we would, uh, I got to test drive an E36 M3 convertible that way. Okay. I test drove an E30 E46 M3. Oh, um, we we uh, we test drove uh, just a number of like neat cars. Just 
as like a fun thing to do on a Saturday, <laughs> which That's like in retrospect was kind of a dick move to the salesman, yeah, but yeah. you know, but they didn't we, know. <laughs> oh no, no, we, we loved it. And, uh, and so, you know, I would do that. And then once I was old enough to drive, like I, I went down to the, the thing that really kind of changed, changed the game for me. Cause at the time I was really into imports and, and German stuff was, yeah. Uh, I drove down to Dallas when I was like six, 16 or 17 and went to the Ferrari dealership. It was called Boardwalk Ferrari. I don't even know if it's still there. If it's under another name now, but um, they had, you know, they had a black with silver stripes 430 Scuderia oh, wow. on the showroom floor. That must have been gorgeous. Oh, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. And then, I was talking with the sales guy there about it. He was super nice. Like he, obviously I'm not buying anything, but he was super nice. And, uh, then I heard the mechanics had had one in the shop that they were finishing up like an oil change or something on. And they took it out on this road in front of the dealership and just got <laughs> on it. And that sound, I was just like, I yeah. have to own one of these one day. That <laughs> is then, a, you know that, that is was a, my entry into yeah that, that is a big part car of car. the cars you know is like the sound the the feel of them yeah. and and there is a difference i mean obviously you know like when i went for my because i think i probably had my you know pontiac bonneville back then when my you know dad got his x5 and it, and it was like it was a there's a significant difference in getting in in those cars you know right oh yeah no it it's it's a, it's a um the sound, and and we'll kind of talk about this, I'm sure, in future episodes about some of the stuff that we've owned. But the the sound is such a massive thing for me, and it was like throughout, like when I first got into, you know, old muscle cars, like the old like small block Chevy V8s, you mm-hmm. know, that particular exhaust note, uh, you know, all the way up to you know a, a mid engine V8 Ferrari is you know, it's just such an integral part of, of the experience for me and, and, and is really intoxicating. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of that, that kind of fleshed out like the spectrum of stuff that I was interested in. So by the time I went to college, like I was, I was in the old muscle, uh, you know, import stuff, which at the time, uh, I did, I, I owned a, an import and then, uh, you know, the, the super high end stuff that I thought was hopefully attainable, but at the time was certainly not remotely attainable (laughs) left to dream about. Yeah, exactly. So it was more of a, a goal than, than something I thought was actually possible. But, um, you know, through, through all that, it was, it was, it was kind of the, the, uh, uniting thread was just being into it with my dad, you know, cause he, He was never super into the import stuff, but, you know, we talked cars about everything else. So, you know, I think that like after my dad ended up with his X5, I think that's kind of when I started to go Looney Tunes for this stuff. I mean, I begged and pleaded with my mom to try to get her at the time. I think it was, oh, trying to talk her into like a convertible or something. Yes. I was trying to talk her into an Audi TT because oh. those things had just come out. That, that was another one that looked really like nothing else. Exactly. It was like, it was, I kind of feel like it was Audi's, you know, kind of defining their design language for a long time, frankly. 
Yeah, um, I mean the interiors on those still look they do modern, you know. And uh, you know, it's very modern looking car. I think I got her out to test drive at least once. I did like <laughs> your dad. I convinced her like we got to go. We got to go test drive. Yeah, it. you figure if I can get her in it, she'll <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll buy. It. Yeah. Well, I couldn't convince her on that, but I did. I did eventually. Um, I think I was just really obnoxious child. And just kind of wouldn't let things go. I did finally convince her to, and got her into a, it was a BMW uh, 328i convertible. Uh huh. And what was fun about that car in particular, and I think it, it, it's the car that I learned to drive a clutch on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so the manual. Yeah. Oh, and so, sweet. you know, she knew how to drive a manual, but it was, it was, you know, it's something that you kind of always think like, oh, it's, you know, you bond over that with your dad. But yeah, actually, right. it was like my mom that taught me how to, how yeah, to drive. drive it. And uh, cool. I think I just remember even to this day, I don't remember this. Maybe it's true. But she just said that I was like hyperventilating. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing had like a clutch. It was like yeah. a mile. <laughs> you had to push oh, it yeah. like a mile. Oh, you yeah. had to engage the clutch. So it was like it was a little bit tricky to 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 you know learn that. But I will say that you know learning how to drive um, that manual, especially I think I was still in like high school, maybe late high school. It was it just it was like another way to engage with a car, right? In, in a way that I hadn't really experienced yet. And and that it was fun learning how to do to drive that because my brother shortly thereafter he ended up buying um, an Eagle Talon and that mm-hmm. was also, also manual. manual. And so mm-hmm. it, learning that skill set kind of like unlocked these other cars that I you know could right. drive enthusiast and, cars at the time like all of them were manual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and so it was kind of like a, it was a unique experience to, you know, you start out driving on an automatic for at least for me and then yeah. went to a manual. I engaged with the cars a little bit differently. Well, you're, you're very, you know, knowing you, you're very like you mechanical, how things work kind of person. So I would imagine <laughs> the actuation of the clutch changing gears, you know, the, the, the mechanics of that were probably very satisfying. Yeah, it was satisfying. And it was also, you know, it was like a, it was like a bragging point a little bit too, like in high oh, school. Oh, it's something not yeah. many people can do. Yeah. <laughs> I can drive manual, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, my first got car. Got you some street cred. <laughs> <laughs> my first car was a, a manual, mainly because it was cheaper than the automatic version. Um, but I had a friend in high school who had a uh, 318, like a an E30. I think it was a 318 or 328 okay. convertible manual. And that was the first car that I had driven that I that I had personally driven that I was like, oh, this is so fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you, you know, the... the Top down. <laughs> and I mean, it's, you know, it, it's an E30. It wasn't like that powerful. Yeah. But it handled so well. The manual transmission, like going around a turn, and and it just everything about it. Uh, it just kind of it was another one of those things that kind of catalyzed for me, like how much fun the experience of driving could yeah. be. In those cars, like they didn't they didn't have like all the bloat that right. a lot of cars have today. I mean, those were like little. They were like little kind of go kart. They're, they're machines, like a, you know, an E30 is probably similar in size to like 
a one or two series. Probably. Now. Like the two series might actually be a little bit bigger than the E30. I'd have to look up the wheelbases, but yeah. And um, I think, you know, if you learn to drive on a car like that versus let's say you're, you know, getting in and you're driving something that's, you know, massive SUV or like an Audi A6, right. know, kind of a whale of a car, it's right. a, it, like it engages you differently. Yeah. You, well, I think when you drive like, um, when you drive an SUV or like if that was all I had experienced, I'd, I probably wouldn't be as excited about cars because you don't know mm-hmm. that they're fun. Right. You, you know? might feel that this is like a u- utilitarian object, you know, right. This gets me from A to B. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's a very different experience. And I think there's probably a lot of people who would be more into cars if they experienced like a sports car or like yeah. an enthusiast type car. Yeah. Because particularly with the ubiquity of SUVs now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. You know, so I think a lot of those things kind of, um, you know, all those kind of individual experiences kind of add up um, over time. And I think it, so many of them are associated with positive emotions and positive feelings, like right. for both ends or what have you, um, you know, for you, your brother with his, with his talent. And, yeah. and I think it creates just, you develop this really positive association, like cars equal fun, cars equal yeah. freedom, you know. independence, all of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, you know, my, where I lived in high, when I was in growing up, um, there was south of where we lived was just all big farmland. And so, you know, my way of relaxing when I was a, a teenager, you know, 16, 17, 18, was just going out for long drives at night. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, you know, it was Oklahoma, so I didn't have to worry about deer and stuff uh, for the most part. And and so I could just go out, drive at night, listen to music. And it was a, it was very much like a freedom, clear my mind kind of experience. And again, it's something that I developed a positive association with, right? Yeah. And you just keep coming back for more. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, by the time I was 17, I could just tell my parents at nine o'clock at night, be like, I'm going to go out for a drive. And they just knew I'd be gone for about an hour, yeah. you know? And I, I, to this day, it's something I do just going out for drives. Um, yeah. And I uh, think, you know, all of these things add up, you know, these kind of building blocks that have gotten us, you know, to this point today where you, you and I either through, you know, email links or texting or, Mm-hmm. conversations basically it's what we fill you know a chunk of each week up you know right. just discussing and <clears throat> talking about and and honestly thank god we've got each other because i think both of our wives <laughs> are sick of hearing about it. <laughs> i i know i know my wife is she is, she's very patient but she does have her limits when i was talking about skylines for the better part of 20 minutes to her the other night <laughs> yeah i think they've both encourage us uh, when it came to discussing the podcast pretty much instantaneously that, um, oh yeah, that's a great idea. You guys definitely need to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's literally the blow off valve for a reason. It is a, it is a, a way for us to kind of get out all these, yeah. um, get out all the conversation we want to have anyways, but try and, you know, include, uh, as big community as we can and, and engage in conversation. So, um, I think that, is probably going to do it for the first episode. Uh, what yeah, do you think? sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we're really, uh, really excited to do more of these in the future. And um, more than likely, we're going to try and cover both automotive news, motorsport news, but also some 
kind of interesting fun topics um, ranging from EVs to sports cars to you know dream garages uh, and uh, and anything um, that uh, listeners might be interested in. Uh, so if you are interested in a certain show topic or have questions for us, um, we are on Instagram. Um, it's a blow off Feld podcast on Instagram. Just search that and you can find us, um, and feel free to DM us questions or message us on posts and, and let us know, uh, what you'd be interested in hearing about and, and, and um, uh, any of those into consideration. So. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll see everybody out on the road.